This is the Danny Britt Show, a weekly look at Benedictine Cadets football on ESPN Radio WSEG Savannah Hilton Head. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome in to a state championship edition of the Danny Britt Show. This is the show that we have been hoping to have since way back 15 weeks ago at the start of the season. Your cadets take down Carver Columbus 35-28 up at Center Park Stadium on a foggy afternoon in Atlanta to claim the Quad A GHSA state championship, the first state championship for the cadets since 2016. And to break it all down with us, the state champion head coach, Danny Britt. Coach, you've had a couple days to kind of sit and relax. I'm sure you've watched the game back seven times by now, man. What What's the feeling like here on a Monday? Yeah, man, it still feels great. We're all still on a high, certainly, and you know, seeing the kids, everybody's just still really excited, and as they should be, certainly. It's uh, it's a great feeling. Well, Coach, we got an extended edition of the Danny Britt Show here, so we're going to take everyone uh, through the game for those who weren't able to catch it. It is still available. You can go back and watch the game at your own leisure on gpbsports.com. John Nelson and our friends there at GPB Sports did an unbelievable job uh, with the coverage of the game, and it was a great back-and-forth affair. So if you get a chance, go back uh, and watch that because it's just, like we said, an awesome game. But I want to start there, Coach. Coming into this one, uh, we knew Carver-Columbus was a really, really good football team. You don't make it this far in the season if you aren't. But beyond that, just the players that they have, the quarterback, Devin Riles, is committed to Middle Tennessee State, an offensive lineman there that's headed to Alabama and a couple other offensive linemen that have big-time offers, a junior defensive end that has every offer from every team, uh, in the country. So we knew this was a superbly talented football team coming into this game, and they absolutely showed it on Friday. Yeah, they did. In fact, it's it's funny. I don't follow recruiting other than our kids, you know, like most people. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I have coaches that are on Twitter and, and handle, you know, football uh, for us. So, I don't always ask. Kind of what we do when we're doing personnel to other teams, I watch the film, and then I'll ask them, okay, what about this kid? What, what's his offers and that sort of thing? I didn't realize that that many guys had that many big-time offers, like the, the safety, number 20, and, and, and the offers he had. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's really more impressive what our guys were able to do considering the talent level and the size they were playing against. Well, Coach, let's start defensively for you guys. We mentioned Devin Riles there, uh, the quarterback, a super mobile guy, but also very accurate uh, with his arm. But Creedle, the running back, is, is offers from Old Miss uh, and a couple other schools as well there as a three-star running back coach. And he was the guy for them on Friday, just an unbelievable back and just seemed like he was always falling forward. And then if a, the smallest crease opened up, which a lot of times there were some big creases because he was running behind a uh, six-seven guy who's headed to Alabama, but any crease that opened up, he was able to find. Yeah, he's a very good back. Obviously, we had you know pretty much every film from uh, this year and and had looked back, and it was very consistent. He was just a dude, you know, and a uh, great runner and, and and great strength and vision and speed. So everything that you you want in the back, he's got it. And 
Uh, we knew it was going to be a major challenge to stop him, especially, like you said, in that offense with that offensive line and then what the quarterback can do just made it very difficult. Coach, what I thought was interesting was just talking to some of your coaches prior to the game, and I asked, okay, uh, we, we have the joke is, can you pick out the guy who's committed to Alabama? And usually it's the one who's a foot taller than everybody and weighs 50 more pounds. And sure enough, big offensive lineman there for them playing left tackle headed to Alabama. And so we asked the coaches, hey, how do, how do you stop that? And to a man, all of your coaches said, you don't. You just you try to work around it. What was the strategy coming into this game uh, around this offensive line? Yeah, definitely. You you know that there are certain things that are going to happen that they're going to get theirs, so to speak, and that's the way it should be in a state championship game, right? So, um, what the you know the strategy was to be able to keep our guys moving. We knew we weren't going to bull rush him or either of the other two offensive linemen who had major Division One offers. In fact, none of them because they're all really good. So we, you know, Coach Houston really kept the, the, the defensive front moving, also blitzing with some backers and just doing some different things, try to get them off balance. You're not going to just get up there and say, okay, let, let our free D linemen just work these offensive linemen. That's not how it's going to happen. Well, Coach, let's go back and just go to the start there of the first quarter. You guys get the ball, and you're able to work down the field on a pretty methodical drive there. Uh, Justin Thomas able to find the end zone uh, and you you have that seven to nothing lead, and it seemed like this one was going to be, hey, we, we're hopping off to a lead like we normally do. Carver Columbus comes out, you're able to play some really solid defense, get them behind the chains. In the first quarter, there it seemed like maybe they came out. We, we were talking about this with your team, maybe, but they came out maybe a little bit over emotional in the game and just not really fitting where they needed to fit. And it took a while for both teams to kind of settle into this game. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, Corey, uh, their head coach, said it at, at halftime that they came out and were a little bit, uh, whether it was nerves or shell shock or whatever, I think probably a little bit of shell shock, too, against the pace in which our offense works. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of methodically worked it downfield and, and, and scored uh, what looked like to be easily there. Uh, but, yeah, with that type of talent, with that type of team, you, you knew it wasn't going to continue. Well, we were laughing because prior to that one, Coach Joyner had pointed out, he goes, you guys go from four wide to Georgia Southern really fast. Uh, and, and that one right there, the touchdown to Justin Thomas is just an old school Georgia Southern play just out of the shotgun. Yeah, definitely. We, we, can, we can go from one, you know, from a spread formation or empty formation to, to a true wing T formation. We don't actually really run a Georgia Southern offense. I know some of the formations are what you're used to seeing. Right. Georgia, old school Georgia Southern, but we don't run the, the option. We we run wing T, uh, and uh, that's what that was. And it really it, it is very hard to defend. I can assure you, because uh, Coach Housen, myself, and and the other the rest of the defensive staff have to defend it quite often. So uh, it's really hard to do. Well, Coach, they get the ball back and, and start driving there towards the end of the first quarter. Uh, and as we go to the second quarter, you have fourth and long inside your own territory and they're able to complete a really nice 23 yard touchdown pass to Cameron Hudson their big tall wide receiver there coach did they catch you in a bad uh coverage there or was it just a great pass great catch it was um no it was it was a it was both it was a great pass and catch and 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 they have athletes too uh we were in a good coverage actually for that um we just we just were playing too soft and and gave up the you know, too much space there, and then they were able to, to make us pay for it. But, um, 
you know, it, it, we were in a good coverage, actually, what we wanted to be in, but uh, we just got to do a better job of, of defending it. And I thought the GPB crew did a really good job of describing this game. It was kind of a heavyweight fight, and it was just punches back and forth. So after they answer, you guys on your very next possession, uh, you find Justin Thomas down the sideline there and Holden Garner with just an unbelievable pass. He had a few of these in this game where he was just getting hit in the face and delivered absolute strikes in this one. He had overthrown a couple to start the first half, but this one to Justin Thomas on the wheel route uh, just delivered a strike for a 61-yard touchdown. Yeah, definitely. That was a great, great job by by Holden. <coughs> Excuse me. Holden uh, stay, hanging in there. He scrambled around a little bit and and uh, and took the shot and just laid it out there for Justin, uh, who was man, man-to-man at that point. And Justin just made a great catch and just really walked into the end zone. And then, Coach, a couple of possessions later, Jaden Creedle finds a crease, 59 yards. And once he gets past the backers, that's pretty much a house call every time. Yeah, definitely. He is very hard to touch, much less tackle in that situation. And we were in split safeties. Uh, both safeties were, were working off the hash there, and there was no way we were even touching him. And an interesting dynamic we saw from Carver that we hadn't seen from a ton of other teams they go for two uh, after every touchdown. They, I think they attempted a grand total of three PATs all season long. Don't really punt unless they're forced to. Uh, and it puts a unique pressure on you, Coach. And I know able to get a stop uh, the first time with Holden picking off a attempt there. But the second time, just a direct snap to the quarterback and able to rush in and find it. What, what kind of pressure does that formation that they were throwing at you put you guys under? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably hard because of the quarterback and cradle and what they can do. I mean, it just – you try to tackle them in space. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> oh, no, me either. Uh, so uh, it's just really hard. And, you know, I, 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 and, and yes, I, the GPB crew does an incredible job, and it's just so awesome. Uh, but I think they were a little taken back by that, but – that's what they do, and they work on it, and we work all week pre-practice and post-practice on defending a two-point play because they've become really good at it, and they know their talent, and what their talent is, they got two super studs that are hard to touch, again, much less tackle, and keep them from getting that three yards. So uh, we worked all week on that and, 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 you know, and still gave up. I mean, I think we only stopped them twice on the two-point plays. Well, I want people to keep the two-point conversions in the back of their mind because we're going to get to them uh, as we start getting into the second half there, Coach. But, uh, again, they tie it up. It's 14-14. to 14. And then, again, a couple possession changes. But you guys get a great punt return uh, from Zaquan there at the end of the first half. And you have the ball inside their 50 with about 40 seconds left. But then just, I, I don't want to say interesting clock management from y'all, but just from the officials, uh, maybe some lack of urgency from your offense there a little bit but just uh, it seemed like a wasted opportunity there coach at the end of the first half with 40 seconds on the clock I think you guys got off three plays yeah definitely that that's on me and uh I, I went back and watched it uh and it's on me and here here's the explanation on this this, this isn't an excuse this is an explanation sure and it's a whole lot easier to, to talk about after you win right if we'd have <laughs> lost I'd have been throwing yeah. up saying this but um but uh you know, yeah, we got we, we got the big return by Quan. We knew, okay, we're on point. We did what I like to typically do and had all three timeouts. We're thinking we got plenty of time. We then hit Justin. He picks up a first down, stays in bounds, gets tackled in bounds, which is fine. The tradition, what we do is we don't call a timeout there. 
right? Because you, they're going to stop the clock in high school to move the chains, and they stop the clock. We 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 go to line up. Well, here's the difference: all season long, you don't stop that clock because it takes them. We will be sitting there with a the play called ready to run once that clock starts again, right? So at least we're going to lose one one second, maybe two. That's not worth calling a timeout for in that situation. Well, they, man, they were starting that thing fast. They weren't waiting for the chains to get set. They went ahead and started it. Right. Which, again, that's on me. So I'm like, crap. So I just, I just, it cost us seconds. Like, I think it was like eight seconds when I went back and looked. So that was on me. But it was what we had planned. That is what we practice every single Thursday. That is what we practice in our two-minute drill is we get a first down, we don't call a timeout. All right. Then we get the penalty, right? So we get the offensive penalty, which I still haven't seen yet. I don't know who who, who flinched, but because uh, on TV I couldn't tell. Well, I'm I'm arguing <laughs> so heavily with the official. I lose the track that he's going to start that clock, and we're sitting there arguing. We're not getting anything called, and so we yeah. we wasted time there, and it cost us. Then holding gets sacked. I have to call the timeout. We only got four seconds. We got to throw it in the end zone. So, I'm that's on me. That twenty seconds that we lost is one hundred percent on me. I realize that that was poor clock management. Um, again, no excuses. That's just that that is exactly what happened, and and, and you know that's one hundred percent on me. So after two quarters, fourteen to fourteen, absolutely nothing settled as we go into halftime. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll dive into the second half a BC state championship. We come back next right here on ESPN radio Savannah. More Benedictine cadets football, the Danny Britt show on ESPN radio. Christian O'Kell, Danny Britt here on the Danny Britt show, recapping Benedictine's 35 to 28 win in the quad a state championship this past Friday. As we mentioned, they're going into break 14 to 14 at halftime. Coach, you guys come out in the second half and you have to kick the ball off to Carver. And it seemed like at that point they had the momentum. They score a touchdown there to tie the game up. And then they stop you guys inside their territory going into halftime and they're getting the ball back. What was the conversation with your team at halftime? What were some of the adjustments that were made there? You know, schematically, there wasn't a lot of adjustments made. Um, uh, defensively, uh, we, at that point, we didn't really make a, a, a bunch of schematic adjustments. Uh, offensively, uh, you know, kind of, we we went into halftime saying we have to develop a run game. We had to figure out a way to get the run game going, and that was the plan uh, at halftime. Um, but the biggest thing with the guys is I thought we were playing a little bit, again, a little bit tight, a little bit uh, like, you know, without just really selling out, and um, you know, I told them to, you know, forget about it, to have a blast. Listen, there was, you know, most of those guys, those seniors in there. This will be the last two quarters they ever play. To cut loose, and it'll be something they'll remember the rest of their life. And, you know, and, and literally, I said, we're gonna, we're gonna love each other. We're gonna hug and kiss on each other after this game, one way or another. Let's do it with a smile on our face. Certainly. So um, I'm hoping they went out a little, little looser and had had fun in the, that second half. Well, coach. Uh... Carver kind of self-destructs a little bit there on the first possession, a mishandled snap, a penalty. Uh, and so they have to punt the ball back to you guys. And then I think this is where 
the game, at least offensively for y'all, kind of flipped where it just didn't seem like Carver could run with you guys in the secondary. Not many teams in the state can, but specifically with the style of defense, they were playing a lot of people in the box, a lot of man-to-man, and a lot of downhill, aggressive-type action. They were leaving a lot of guys on islands out there, and so you guys get the ball back for your first possession there in the second half, and you hit Zaquan Bryan on a 58-yard touchdown pass where the corner just falls down. And if that happens, uh, that's a pretty easy score every time for the Gariner to Bryan connection. But on that play, we mentioned the first half, too. Holden had to kind of hold it for a second, and he took a shot but just delivered a perfect strike to Zaquan. Yeah, definitely. That was, um, you know, they they were putting pressure, trying to heat up Holden, and and it basically now could Holden, you know, stay in there, take the shots, and get rid of the ball because we were going to have guys, you know, singled up out there, and and we, you know, that's going to be tough to do with us. We got some dudes, and uh, if, if the guy didn't just fall down, I, you know, I, I noticed that uh, on the replay. Zaquan put a move on him. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. Uh, it was it. He, he faked the post. It was post corner. I mean, excuse me, corner post. Cop and he 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 stuck it like he was hitting a post, and him. I mean, cornered and right back to the post, and that guy just literally just fell down because of that. It wasn't that he slipped. So great move by Quan. Great route by Quan, and and then yeah, holding just put it right there on the money for him. So at that point in the game, you're up 21 to 14, kicking the ball back off to Carver. Uh, and then just really good defense again, coach. And we get almost to the end of the third quarter there. Nothing from either team really trade a couple of possessions, but then Carver goes on one of those long sustained drives. Again, just picking up chunk play after chunk play, uh, big down third or big third down conversions. I thought that was one of the biggest parts of the game coach was uh, the ability of Riles, their quarterback, just to extend plays and get just enough yards uh, to keep the drive going. But as they get down to your territory, it seems like Creedle broke off another one. And then the sophomore safety, Luke Cromanhawk, sticks his arm out, punches the ball out, and Mike Smith is able to jump on it in the end zone and really steal the momentum away from Carver. Yeah, that was huge. They they were working on that drive, and they did a good job schematically. Of, of They went to their you know power formation, got their H back in, and we were running cover three to it, so they started working to the weak side of that and, and you know really were effective there. Uh, we had to jump into a – a cover four look, which balances up and what we call cover four, and balances up and puts the safeties on either side and and uh, and kind of take away the edges a little bit there. And then you know they kept working it down there. Luke was able to knock the ball out. There were like four or five guys on him at that point, and um, <laughs> and Mike Smith really hustling to the ball, dove on it, and that was huge. That that that's really you could consider the game winner right there. And I know the very next play there, coach, you guys get the ball on your 20, and I, speaking to John Nelson after, he's like, is that a called play? Is that just, hey, uh, BC, they get they get the change of possession and they want to take a shot. Talking to Kevin and watching it live, Coach, it just seemed more like, a, again, you guys hit uh, Cam Hedge there on an 80-yard touchdown the next play, but that just seemed more like a matchup where you guys came out in a play and you had him one-on-one with a linebacker, and if you match up with Cam Hedge on a linebacker, Holden's going to take that shot every time. Well, no, it was a called play, and uh, Coach DePhillips was was talking about it. He was talking to his offensive staff on the headsets about, you know, what that's what they wanted to do when they got the ball back. That's what they wanted to do, and one reason was earlier we had done that, and Cam was running wide open, uh, and and so um, you I know, think Holden took a sack on that one. The, I remember what you're talking about the first half where he was wide open and Holden got sacked. 
Right, and he said, let's, you know, he was like, let's go back to it. It'll be there. It will be there. If if, they, if they're, they're doing what they've been doing, they've been trying to blitz, they run and cover zero, uh, you know, it's going to be there. And it was, he was he was wide open, and that was a huge play. That was a dagger. Well, let's not undersell it, man. It was foggy out there, and it really had settled in by that point of the game. I was laughing with Kevin. It kind of looked like every apple cup between Washington and Washington State where the fog just rolls in and it made it difficult to see. And it just seemed like Holden put that one up in the clouds and it dropped out. I thought it was an unbelievable catch by Cam just in stride. Obviously a great throw there uh, by Holden in a clean pocket for him to deliver that, but a great play by Cam to be just full tilt sprinting and catch that one coming out of the clouds. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, how's he going <laughs> to think? How's he going to, and he called it and I'm like, you know, that was incredible. So Obviously, he could see it, but um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of fog there. All right, so at this point in the game, you're up 28 to 14, first two score lead of the game there, and it seemed like Carver. A lot of teams uh, when they go down two scores, especially to an offense like yours, you can kind of see the fault lines get bigger. But it seemed like Carver they, they kind of puffed their chest up a little bit and said, "All right, it's time to go." Uh, and they came out there with another big drive. This time, able to convert on a 13 yard touchdown pass, their coach, and this is where the two-point conversions really come into play because they were down 28 to 14, hit the two-point conversion, and all of a sudden they're down six. And so you go from, hey, we got a two-score lead to, holy cow, if they score again, we could be down big. Yeah, definitely. That was huge. And that, that's when the two-point you know, deal became extremely important. And, and um, you know, we, it, it really throws off all your analytics there, by the way. You yeah, know, I know. Two-point. Uh, play just continuously when you know they're going for a two point and, and that's why you know um you know we we started to go for it there we were going for two and we had a again another motion penalty uh which of course just forced us to, to kick the one which is probably the right thing to do it depends on how you look at it but but again all the analytics that we normally go by were just completely thrown in the trash in this one Coach, I thought one of the coolest things watching this team down the stretch, especially the last three games, starting with the Marist game, was the the put-away drives, right? Where it's, hey, we need points on this drive. We have to answer on this drive, right? And you knew you had to come out and get points. Even though you still had the lead, it felt like the momentum, specifically with those two-point conversions, was back on the Carver-Columbus sideline. But just another unbelievable drive. Uh, Holden hits Justin Thomas on a, another wheel route where he just reads it perfect. The corner was kind of playing off coverage to the outside, so holding through it to the inside shoulder, and obviously Justin Thomas is going to make that play. But I thought the coolest play of that drive was the the final play as he hit Saquon Bryan on a 23-yard touchdown pass. Just the ability of Holden, it looked like a he looked like a Power Five quarterback when he did it to climb the pocket, keep his eyes downfield in the face of a pass rush that had gotten home a bunch of times, and just find Saquon Bryan staying wide open in the end zone and deliver a pass. Yeah, no doubt. We, like I said, at halftime, the plan was to get a run game going. We felt like if we could get the run game going, it would open up the passing game, and we'd be back on our normal schedule. The run game never got going. We just couldn't do it. We couldn't. We couldn't move them. We couldn't make it happen, uh, and they weren't going to allow it to happen. So, Holden basically had to just take the game, and we said, "Hey, ball's in your hands. Let's go." And he showed what kind of player he is, what kind of champion he is, right there. All right, so 5.37 left to go in the game. You're up 35-22. Obviously not feeling very comfortable because, of the, as we mentioned, those two-point conversions is how good the offense is. But, hey, you're like, we got 
five minutes roughly to go in the game. We're up 13 points here. Let's just play some solid defense, maybe some bend but don't break stuff, and just work that clock. And then Carver Columbus comes out, two plays, 80 yards, 23 seconds, touchdown. That had to feel like a gut punch on the sideline, Coach, because that was quick. Yeah, that was really quick. I wasn't expecting that. I was at least, you know, wanting to take some more time off there. Uh, but, yeah, they came out and just – and we were in a – you know, I won't call it a prevent. It's not our prevent, but we were in a – really a dime-type uh, situation. And, and, and it, you know, it, uh, they, they took advantage of that and just and, and scored very quickly. So, we were definitely in a dogfight. Yeah, Jaden Creedle there, a 53-yard touchdown run to finish up that drive, his second 50-yard run uh, of the game. So 35-28, five minutes to go in the game, and we always hear about the, the four-minute possessions or the four-minute drill. Five minutes is a lot of time to work off the clock, but that's exactly what your cadets, led by Holden Gariner, uh, were able to do, finding Justin Thomas a couple times, and then obviously the key play in that possession, Coach, again with Justin Thomas. And I've heard some rumors uh, specifically after the game, uh, you guys run a boot action to the right with Holden out of the shotgun. Justin Thomas kind of playing a little bit of H-back spot, hiding behind the offensive line. He goes the other way, get the defense flowing in one direction, hit it back to Justin Thomas. He picks up a big chunk, does the high IQ play of sliding down inbounds to keep the clock rolling. But I've heard some rumors, Coach, that uh, maybe you guys, uh, I don't want to say stole, but borrowed that play from another team. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was done to us a while back, and uh, and and so they they saw it, took it, and said, "Hey, let's start doing that's, that." That's just and, good um, coaching, man. That's just saying, "Hey, that's pretty cool. We should use that." That's right. That's what everybody. I, I went to a clinic one time and heard this guy speak, and I won't I won't call his name. He's been fired from every NFL team and that I know of. <laughs> um, but uh, but he he stood up in the clinic in front of it had to be five hundred coaches in there and said. When I was at this NFL team, I uh, invented this defense. He had he lost me right there. You hadn't invented anything. You may have called it something different than what everybody else calls it, but you haven't invented anything. It, it's it's all been done. So yeah, yeah, no doubt it, it, it's happened to us. They, they took it, started working it. It was great. Um, before we ever got to that. You know, again, the offensive staff was talking and saying, hey, you know, we'll, we'll throw, throw back. Throw back and be there. And certainly if they continue to blitz this guy, you know, if, as long as holding can turn and get it off, it, it's going to be there. And, uh, and it, was. it was. It was beautiful. It worked. It was, uh, it was great. And, then, of course, then Justin Thomas does Justin Thomas things and gets as much as he can, stays in bounds, slides, and ball game's over. Again, that kind of the backbreaker there. Not enough timeouts, not enough time left on the clock. Uh, for Carver Columbus to do, really do anything. I want to take a quick break here. I want to come back. I'm going to wrap up the state championship with Coach Britt right here on ESPN Radio. Savannah. Cadets football talk continues. The Danny Britt Show on ESPN Radio. 35-28, the final score as your BC Cadets take a couple knees. Coach, when Holden hit that knee for that final play I I at least talking with Kevin up there it didn't feel like the game was over until he did that when did it sink in for you because I, I saw some I saw some hugging on the sideline before that clock hit triple zero yeah well mathematically it was done because yeah the whole time in, in that five minute 505 I believe it was that whole time is when's he going to use his timeouts 
um, because he had two timeouts left. And uh, we just kind of were watching that. Well, at that point, you know, analytics were, were done, and I don't remember how much time was left, but we, we knew that, you know, even if he called a timeout, which he did, we still could kneel it on third down. We wouldn't have to get the fourth down. So, um, you know, uh, so, so we knew it was over uh, before he took that final knee, uh, that all we had to do was snap it, take a knee. Well, you guys crowned state champions there. And, again, if, if anybody wants to go back and watch uh, the ceremony, it's all on gpbsports.com. We really appreciate Georgia Public Broadcasting and John Nelson and those guys and all they do. And you can go back and watch the videos live there. But, Coach, some performances from the game I want to talk about. And, I mean, the Holden Gariner, it seems obvious that he'd be the guy. and He was named the player of the game uh, after the championship. But in the on the biggest stage and the biggest game of his life and something you all have been preparing for, since January, 24 of 30, 397 yards, and four touchdowns. When you needed it most, your quarterback stepped up. Definitely, and he's delivered. He's delivered uh, all year, uh, past two years really, but but certainly as we've gotten later in the year and it's gotten bigger and more important, he has really delivered and so proud of him. You know, if you remember back to – sophomore year he struggled some and 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 was having you know was still young and you know sometimes he he couldn't control that cannon he's got and uh so i'm so unbelievably proud on him just continuing to be who he is and doing what he does and he's going to be successful uh, as as he continues here certainly successful at auburn i believe beyond that and coach zaquan brian 10 receptions uh, as a junior in the state championship game, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people out there with more stars than him, but he was the leading receiver in 4A. Uh, he had 10 receptions in the 4A state championship game. It's hard to say there's a better receiver in 4A in the state of Georgia than him. Well, there's not. You know, the stars, I, I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. And most of the time, the people putting stars on these kids are people who've never played football in their life. Um, you know, it's just kind of the way it is. But, uh, uh, you know, Quan Quan's going to get more and more attention as he should. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a dude. Um, you know, so smooth and so athletic. Uh, you know, I believe his best position is cornerback. But you know, that's that's not for me to decide. He's going to play both for me. But uh, um, but yeah, he, he's a really really good football player, and, and he will continue to, to explode here as far as recruiting is concerned. Yeah, and Zaycon with 220 total yards in the state championship. Only one player with more, and surprising absolutely no one, uh, Justin Thomas, 253 total yards in the state championship, two touchdowns. And, Coach, we talked about it before the game. When it came down to it, you weren't going to lose because number 11 and number 4 didn't touch the ball enough. And when you needed him the most, Justin Thomas just clutch play after clutch play after clutch play. Yeah, definitely. Justin is, uh, I was talking to his dad after the game Friday night and just, you know, I don't know how to, you know, he just does Justin Thomas stuff, which is just brilliant. I mean, he's just incredible, great, nice, mild-mannered kid. Then you get him in a competitive situation, and he is a competitor, baby. He wants the ball. He wants the situation. He wants people to run it his way, all that stuff. And um, what more could you ask for? And you know, go all the way back to the second quarter. I went for it on uh, on fourth down. You know, from our own twenty-eight. Yeah. Because we had to punt. You know, we we got the first down, but had to punt it. And my, you know, I was 
the reason why I was doing that is, you know, Coach DeVillip felt good about it. Coach Coleman felt good about it. Of course, the kids always want to go for it. You know, that's, that's never ending. But but he said, hey, it's going to number four. I'm like, hey, I believe in it then. You know, I mean. Yeah, go. That works. Yep, seal of approval. Yep. So just, just know it's going to him. Hey, we got a legitimately good shot. And, Coach, we always give the offensive line a ton of credit, and they did an unbelievable job in this game. I know you had the sacks there, but it's just, it is what it is when you're throwing the football that much and they know you're going to throw the football. There's going to be some sacks, especially with the type of line they had. But I thought it was the other side of the line of scrimmage, Coach, the defensive line. They really held up against a physically imposing team there in Carver-Columbus. I know there's a couple mistakes, and that's just going to happen against a good team. But, I mean, how about Michael Smith in, in just the biggest game of his life, six and a half total tackles, two sacks for him, and then Johnny on the spot with the fumble recovery? Yeah, man, Michael had a great game and the best game of his career and on, on the biggest stage, and, and I'm so happy for him for that. It, you know, Mike uh, came to us, uh, and, and, you know, we, we had him in a no, uh, number of other positions. He played linebacker, played outside linebacker, and just really wasn't sure where he was fitting in. He wasn't sure where he was fitting in. We moved him to D-line when we went to this 3-4 look, and, Man, did he come on this year, have a very good year, and then the best game of his life, and you know, again in the state championship game, and so very proud of him. I think he ended up with eight or nine tackles and that recovered fumble, so that was just huge. Uh, two sacks, too. Yep, two sacks for eleven yards there as well for him, Coach. How about the how about the young guys on this defense, Coach? The, the Bryce Bakers. I know uh, Wilkes Albert. He goes out with the hamstring there in the first half, but uh, another young guy. Lamont Mitchell, a guy we haven't seen play a ton of linebacker there since the early part of the season. He comes in, he gets a sack. Uh, Luke Cromanhawk, your sophomore safety, soon to be uh, your quarterback there. He made some big plays, including uh, stripping the football on that fumble that Mike Smith is able to recover. Just a bunch of sophomores out there making plays. Yeah, and that's huge for us because we do lose an incredible senior class, but you know we, we, we don't plan on rebuilding around here. We want to reload and and, um, you know, that, that's the idea here. And, uh, yeah, Bryce Baker, first of all, is a sophomore. He's a dude. He's a player. Um, you know, it's time for recruiting to really blow up on him. Um, so proud of Lamont because, yeah, Wilkes went out the second quarter and couldn't come back. And, and, and Lamont has done a great job this year. He's been everything for us. Uh, earlier in the year when Hunter Dunn went down, he stepped up in, in, in a uh, full uh, – running back role for us and did great there. Axe come back and they started splitting time. You know, as soon as Wilts went down, he went in and had a really good game for us at linebacker. So, so proud of him for everything he's given to this team as well. Again, just a bunch of unbelievable performances in this game and I'm sure a, a tape that a ton of people are going to go back and watch over and over again because so many cool moments uh, from this game and I, I was laughing coaches talking to some of the parents after the game they said I want to go back and watch it because it's a whole lot more fun to watch a game like that if you know what the end result's going to be because that was just pressure uh, from beginning to end there so something that's fun to watch now but maybe not to experience uh, in the middle of it yeah definitely everybody it's so funny everybody you know talks about you know uh, how much uh, pressure it was, and I'm always like, you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, I know this, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, Stephanie always asked me after the game, was it fun? Do you have fun? I'm like, yeah. When Holden took that final knee, from that point on, it was fun, but the rest of it was miserable, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but yeah, what a great game, what a great experience, and yeah, it is a lot of fun to go back and watch it now. And we got a little bit more time here, Coach. I want to. 
uh, just to talk about the senior class for a minute because I was thinking about this talking to Kevin on the way back from Atlanta. Just all the stuff they've been through, not just this year, but going back to their junior season, right? I, I don't know that any other senior class is going to be able to talk about what they went through, right? As juniors going through the COVID, I remember talking to you prior to that season saying it, it would be silly, just absolutely ridiculous not to play that season. And then they make it to the semifinals at not playing any region games, having to go on the road and play some of the best teams uh, in the state of Georgia. And really, I thought coming together as a team there, and then not many teams around Georgia have the kind of expectations that they had coming into this season and to answer those expectations and to go 13 and two and bring Savannah back this state championship trophy. It's just, you forget that these are 15, 16, 17 year olds doing this. I, I thought the senior class put together a pretty special resume. Without a doubt. And, and they are pretty special and all of that has helped to grow them. And that can either break you or build you. And they, they are, comfortable enough in their skin they, they have enough character have enough good raising by their parents to let it build them and um you know from across the board now we've got some guys some seniors who have at one point had starting roles but then you know put primarily to special teams and and, and helping and you know what they they did that and did a great job at it and still led and still had you know you know enjoyed the fruits of their labor and that's just huge it just speaks to great character and it's a lot of fun. And we knew, really, we got, you know, starting the season, we knew this was a special group. But as it continued, I felt like this was a really special group. And I just so didn't want to waste it. Well, Coach, you mentioned it there. And I know you said this during your postgame speech to the team in the locker room. It takes a pretty special person, especially a senior, to come out pretty much knowing you're not going to play on Friday unless the score blows up to something big and to play on scout team against the first-team guys, get punched in the mouth over and over and over again and do that four times a week and just come back with a smile on your face every time, that, that takes a pretty special person. It does, and it's, it, it can be miserable. I mean, I, I know it can be absolutely miserable, but these, these guys did it. We, we changed after that Buford loss. We changed how we were doing things, and we made two scout teams, two full scout teams, so we could work offense and defense at the same time and we made it as good as we possibly could. Could And that meant that a lot of the twos were working scout team. And obviously you see how that can make you better. You're oh, going yeah. against better better people, so you're having to work harder con continuously. But that's really hard for those guys. You've got to swallow a lot of pride to do that, and you've got to, you know, it, it, it's hard and it's no fun. And and But they did it, and they accepted it, and it's obviously you know propelled us to, to be a much better football team. All right, we're going to take one final break here. We'll come back, wrap up this unbelievable storybook 2021 season here with Coach Britt next right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Britt Show on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Danny Britt here on ESPN Radio Savannah. Again, a reminder, uh, Holden Garner signing ceremony Wednesday at Benedictine National Signing Day as he is committing to Auburn there, Coach. But wrapping up this 2021 season, I always like to do this with you, and usually it's not in this good of a mood, but I want to take a look at 2022 because we kind of touched on this 
a ton of players coming back for you guys that have already played significant roles, Coach, as you guys, I'm sure, have already. You start to look at this 2022 team. Do you see a big difference in the style going forward? Because I know you're always going to cater your team around the talents of your players. you see a significant style shift or Luke Cromenhawk coming in, taking over this offense, do you think it's going to be a lot of the same? Uh, it'll be a lot of the same. Now, there will be some difference. I mean, you're going to have more called runs uh, with Luke than we did with Holden. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit different there. But the, the general idea, we're going to still run uh, the wing tee. We're going to, that's going to be our primary p- primary play where we run the buck sweep. Now, we hardly ran actual buck sweep. We ran power sweep uh, most of the time this year. But you know, that's going to be the primary uh, play, and then you know we'll build from there. And, and yeah, it will it will morph into what is best fits our uh, personnel this year. And coach, just looking at some of the guys that are leaving, I think the biggest glaring need going forward is going to be that offensive line. You have five seniors who just had an unbelievable season. They're going on either to the next level or going off to college, coach. Who are some of the names that we need to know going forward to next year that you think are going to play a significant role? Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure that we have a, we have a group, uh, and they were actually serving a, a scout team a lot this year uh, once we shifted how we were doing. And, you know, uh, we got some good guys there. But, yeah, that is the first thing we're going to do is find an offensive line. And whoever that is, uh, it may be moving guys from defense. It may be the guys who were number two right now. Uh, it may be somebody brand new, but uh, we, we've got to find the guys there that, that are willing to sell out, give up themselves, and work really, really hard uh, to be a great uh, offensive line because, you know, like these guys did that we just graduated. But, uh, you know, a number of guys, you've got, you know, uh, Andre Dixon, Hunter Odom, uh, Jacoby Ward, who's going to be a D1 guy if he continues to progress at, at offensive tackle. Um, you know, just a number of guys there, Ray Akins, uh, you know, uh, that, that we're going to expect to have big things out of. Well, Coach, I know one of the hardest things to replace is leadership, and you have Justin Thomas and the Holden Garner leaving, and then defensively, Croman uh, Hawk and Holden Sapp and Ben Hollerback and those guys, uh, they're all moving on to the next level there, Coach. Who are some of the guys that are going to have to fill up those leadership roles? Because uh, I look immediately and I think the Zaquan Bryans and the Bryce Bakers are, are the first two guys who are going to have a lot of pressure on them, at least from us, the media, who are going to be talking to them a lot next year. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's uh, it's always fun to watch that and see who actually comes out. I mean, Quan's going to make plays. I mean, and he's going to he's going to work hard and and be <laughs> do Quan type things. Uh, Bryce is too. Um, you know, with Quan, he's he's a, more of a quiet, you know, uh, laid back guy. Uh, I don't see him being real vocal. Bryce can be, and we'll see what happens with Bryce. You know, but that's always fun to me is see how who those guys are. And sometimes it's the guys that are leading who aren't even you know the, necessarily the best players, but they're just born leaders and just really good at it. And, and you know, they take that as their role. So. I'm excited to see who's going to kind of take over. Um, you know, most of them were more quiet because we did have so many good leaders in this senior class. So they – but it, always the best leaders are the ones who know how to follow. And and so I'm excited to see who these guys are. And, again, I know we talked about it already, but I think maybe more so than the style of play because uh, they're both big-time quarterbacks and got big arms. Maybe just the demeanors, right, because – 
Holden's kind of the, the all-American smile. He seems like a politician out there. More, more of the Peyton Manning style, right? Very nice. You invite him over to dinner. Luke seems like he's a, a, a just an MMA cage fighter, man. He looks like he's ready to take on anybody. I've got to imagine a lot of that comes from playing safety his first couple of seasons there, Coach, but definitely a demeanor change at your quarterback position. Yeah, definitely a, a demeanor change. Although Holden was way more competitive than you think. He just is always handsome and looks so under control and, and has everything together, but he's competitive. But, yes, very different than Luke. Luke – and it has nothing to do with anything we've done. I listen to stories from his parents. He's been that way since he was born. Both of his brothers, uh, both he and Mac, are, you know, they, they, you're, you're right. They'll fight. They'll do whatever it takes. You know, very, very competitive. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all that works out at quarterback. Well, Coach, wrapping up this 2021 season, obviously you got that big silver trophy and football from the GHSA hanging out with you guys in the offices there, though. Just your, your final thoughts here as we wrap up this 2021 season and look ahead to 2022. Yeah, it's been so exciting, and, and, and I'm so appreciative of all the support uh, from the com BC community, uh, you know, from all the people who are going and begging money from and getting sponsorships from, uh, to the administration who's really supported us. And, and you know, when, when the flu bug hit us, they allowed, you know, our guys to go virtual and, and just trying to do everything to help us be successful. Uh, to the uh, teachers who are all su supportive of these boys and what everything they're doing, um, to you guys and just making it so cool and, and, and you know giving them so much support and so much information and so much attention. And it's just been a great year and, and, and very, very proud of these guys and looking forward to continuing to celebrate with them in a number of different ways. And then, you know, <clears throat> moving on. We're, gonna, we're moving on to – to next year and, and uh, the expectations around here never change. It never lets up, you know, um, you know, people will be starting to, to really question everything we're doing here soon. So uh, we'll continue to work and continue to, to, to look for, toward the future. Well, coach, we appreciate you having us along for the ride, man. I was, I was joking with you and Kevin uh, after the game. It's really easy to call games like that back and forth in the state championship. So we appreciate you guys having us along for the ride and, man, we're excited about 2022. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for everything. You've been listening to ESPN's Danny Britt Show on 93.7 Hilton Head and Savannah AM 1400 and FM 104.3 WSEG. Tune in next week for more Benedictine Cadets football talk on ESPN Radio. Thank you.